Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yeah. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, and The Bachelor? uh, That book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mmm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Clues. Underwear drawers. They're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because Those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, (laughs) which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, MeUndies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort 
from the outside in. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Bachelor Nation, what's going on? It's Justin. It's Connor B. James here. Bachelor Nation. It's Rick. It's Andrew S. here. And it's Ivan here. And it's Rodney. I'm so excited to be out here with you guys. Oh my God. Andrew, why you do that in the back? The audience is going to get a unique chance to feel what it's actually like to be a part of Bachelor Nation for a night. All your favorite parts of it, the laughs, the tears, rose ceremonies, games, dates. You might have a sing-along, might be some drinks flowing. You're going to have the limo entrances, you're going to have group dates. Let's play some games, let's live it up. Have our first impression rose. All my friends look really good today. I think the audience should expect the unexpected. We're bringing the show onto the stage to your hometown. It's gonna feel just like we're back at the mansion. Electric, complete joy, excitement, interactive, a lot of laughs. I'm really looking forward to it. Please get ready. It's gonna be a, a night that none of us will ever forget. Bring the energy and just have a lot of fun and be bold. That's what we need and it's gonna be a ton of fun. All right, see you on tour. <laughs> Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is the person formerly known as Bachelor Clues. I have transcended after last night's events. I love when you start like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a lot of new uh, Bachelor Clues who have been coming to the podcast recently. Who is this? Oh, sorry. Uh, and this is the brand spanking new Dark Seeker. Woo! So we've got a very special episode for you on this day. Uh, last night, Dark Seeker and I attended the Bachelor Live on Stage event here in Los Angeles, California at the Ace Hotel downtown. Pace Case was supposed to come with us, but unfortunately, she contracted the COVID-19 super virus global pandemic and was not able to make it. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Hell yeah, That's dude. That's rock and roll. <laughs> but we had somebody take her ticket. That person was Danny Padilla, the first player we ever interviewed on our show. He, of course, was from Listen to Your Heart uh, two years ago now, and he has the most YouTube followers of anybody in our beloved game. And he has, what, he's second place on TikTok, I think, right behind Madison Pruitt, right? Something like that, for sure. Mm -hmm. A worthy replacement for Pace Case. <laughs> 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 no, we can't thank Danny enough for coming out and, and uh, so enjoying nice. this strange event with us. But what we have planned for you here today, really, this is a treat for you, Pace Case. Mm. This is, we know you're sick. We know you're having terrible migraines and going through the throes of COVID-19 right now. So we want you to sit back and relax. And what Just we're going to do is take you on a journey. Yeah. We're going to make you feel like you were there, like you missed nothing because rest Great. assured one year this from is the now real medicine <laughs> i hope so <laughs> heal me horse tranquilizers and a bachelor live recap <laughs> my, fav my favorite combination <laughs> listen i this may sound fucking crazy but it was i just can't really even describe how surreal it was i'm gonna go through everything we experienced but i cannot put enough importance on this this was one of the singular strangest things I have ever experienced in my life. Yes. And <laughs> next year, you're definitely going to go. I don't care if you have COVID next year. You're coming with me to this. 
when <laughs> when Chad and I okay. got in our seats, and this was just like just entering the venue and we'll get to that and seeing all the booths and stuff. But when we sat down, the first thing he did was he looked at me and he goes, Lizzie is coming with us next time, no matter what. And the show hadn't even started yet. He's like, this is amazing. (laughs) It was, it was, I mean, yeah, you're definitely coming. Yeah. It was cute. Before we even entered the building, just seeing like a couple of people had showed up early. The, okay, so I don't even know where to begin or how to do this. Let me just say, starting Start at off... the beginning. Okay, the beginning is this. You need to know some statistical information. And it's really only one statistic. Okay. I took 2,273 photographs last night. He's back, baby. (laughs) (laughs) It was very reminiscent of me to when I got into what I would say was my most productive period of making Bachelor memes. How I would do that is I would photograph the TV screen as I was watching The Bachelor upwards of like 1,200 to 1,300 times per episode. And I would use those images to make my memes. As soon as we stepped into this building, that feeling, that impulse to be like, oh, you need to have every frame of this, like kicked in immediately. I didn't even have a choice. It wasn't even like, I should start taking pictures. My hand just took the phone out and started going into like mass photography mode. It was beautiful. Are these illegal photos? Are you allowed to be photographing the event? Excuse me? Yes. <laughs> what do you mean? Okay. They want everybody to be posting it on social media and stuff for sure. They had like dedicated hashtags and stuff, which by the way, they never used. That was weird. So let's mm. let's get into this. We'll get wow. to the hashtags and our attempt to get an image up on the big screen, <laughs> which failed because they never even they never did it. But uh let's just take this from the very beginning. Yes. So yeah. Darkseeker and I arrive. At roughly 7 p.m., which is when the doors open. Already, there is a small (laughs) line of maybe 15 to 20 people outside the Ace Theater. 100% women. That's another thing that was very striking about this. The audience is like 99.9 infinity percent women. Uh, Yeah. I didn't quite anticipate that. And we'll get to a little bit later uh, an activity that I delved into in this audience that I dubbed dude watching because there were a few dudes sprinkled throughout this audience and dude. they were they were real <laughs> fun to watch. Clues <laughs> did some major dude watching on this trip. That's for sure, dude. It was unreal. Oh my God. So oh my we're God. standing outside. We're you know, getting ready. We're getting into the right state of mind, if you know what I mean, to enjoy <laughs> I this like event. That you were there at doors entering. You know, I feel like I'm not missing a second. That's oh, why I'm... I wanted to get there at that time. I was yep. like, I want to see who else is showing up at seven. Who are the people, the real maniacs, you know? Mm-hmm. And most of them were dressed in kind of like cocktail dress attire. The people we saw... who were applying, yeah. Yeah. We saw a few people pull up in cars and some of them stepped out of their cars in cocktail dresses and stuff. And it was like, okay, these are people who are trying to get on the stage. These are like Mm -hmm. players, aspiring players, essentially. And then we went into the building. Immediately, (laughs) you are underwhelmed. I thought this was going to be like a, I don't know, a big convention, a Vegas style show or something. It's not. It was just the regular lobby. 
They had one booth with merch. All the merch was like bad. The looked like it was an afterthought. Was so bad. It said like, "Will you accept this rose? I'm here for the right reasons." But the the um font that they used it was worse than Comic Sans. I don't even know what kind of font it was. It was like I don't know who was buying this, but I don't even think there were any Bachelor logos on it. Like there, it, it didn't look official on the tumblers that they had. That right. was the one thing that they had the Bachelor logo on. But the, you're right. The other merch they had none of like the Bachelor. It just looked like hmm. something that anyone could whip up on Printify or something like that. And it was a small little kiosk, kind of shitty. Then you move on about 10 feet away. There is a photo op, like social media thing with that has a thing that says Bachelor Live on stage. We took some pictures there, of yes, course. Yes, we will post mm. those to Instagram. And basically, it's a rose-filled uh, background. And it says at the top, The Bachelor X. Kendra Scott, which is the jewelry maker who is sponsoring this whole shindig, basically. And Ooh. Kendra Scott will come up throughout this uh, recap, basically. She or whoever it is was a big part of the show, for sure. They had to... Interesting. Yeah. So to take our photographs, we had to employ the help of some other people who were there. And we give a big shout out to Melissa and Brittany, who took our pictures... <laughs> Standing in front of this thing, and we took theirs as well. We hope that you had a great night. We didn't see you again after that, but... Thank you, Melissa and Brittany. They were super nice, and of course, we took their picture after they took ours of the row in front of the rose thing, and uh, I got all the different angles for them, which was super interesting to me because... They got the multiple different angles of me and clues, which is, you know, a very influencer thing to do. And it just made me think like at any other concert that I go to and if I want a picture of me in front of the stage, I get somebody, they take one picture and they hand me my phone. The Bachelor Live on stage fans were like, oh, let me go over here. Deet, deet, deet. Let me go over here. Oh, let me get this angle. You do a few more poses. And I was like, OK, these are my people. <laughs> nice. I love it. But I was immediately struck by, again, how underwhelming it was. I thought, or at least in, in retrospect, I've thought how they should have done that is not have one little thing where you and your friends can take a picture, but have a little uh, like meet and greet set up with actual Bachelor players so that you can take selfies with different players from the, the most recent seasons because they had some players and we'll get to that show up and come out on stage. They had little cameos made by people from within the nation. It's like, they're already there. Just tell them like for half an hour, you have to go out before the show and take selfies with people. That would have been so much better, so much more of an immersive experience into the fandom of it. Nonetheless, we mm -hmm. take our pictures, we're meandering around. And then right after the picture thing, the next thing you can go to is two tables that are manned by producers. And this is where the aspiring players go to do their little pre-interviews and sign mm. a contract. We saw many mm. players signing contracts. And I, photo releases and, and stuff like that. I don't know exactly what was in that contract. I don't know what they signed specifically, but you know, it seemed very nefarious. It seemed like certainly I was witnessing deals with the devil being made. But you're looking <laughs> at this line of people and something is very striking about it. You see that there are, you know, players who are trying to get on this show that are like, oh, this is just going to be a fun thing for me and my girlfriends to do. We have a bachelor watch party and it's kind of a lark and, you know, a tongue in cheek approach to it. Then there's some players who are like, I'm getting on the bachelor. Yes. And this is how I'm doing it. 
There are oh some high-level amateurs that are using this as essentially an open casting call, which I don't think they do anymore. I think this has kind of taken the place of it. it you remember, like, it used to be at the end of every new Bachelor or Bachelorette episode, it's like, and if you want to apply to be on our next season of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, come to these cities, and it would be a new four cities every time. And now, obviously, COVID killed that, and we haven't seen a, like we haven't seen any of those come up recently in 2020 and so i think this is the new casting call like for the the bachelor players did you see any contenders yes oh yes and we'll get to that <laughs> there were two Did you recruit them uh no i did not Kay and emily who we'll get to were definitely like the the pro level players they yes. could be in the game Ooh. um and i don't again i don't know if producers are using these events as scouting opportunities or not but why not well i think haven't we heard that somebody from one of these bachelor lives did make it into like canada or something the full ryan fox oh right the folder guy there you go yeah yeah so it is plugged into the bachelor proper we know that and i think as that word kind of spreads i don't i just think Kay and emily i was like oh jesus they should be on the show i think me and danny yeah. even at one point were like it almost looks like Kay was like they hired her before all of this like as a a mole kind of a type. ringer basically a ringer yes a ringer <sighs> and uh me and danny were convinced we were like definitely k is a is a ringer a plant yes something like that I, she certainly had the most talent of anybody up on that stage. Yeah. God, okay. So so let's get into it. So we're meandering around. We see all this. We see the people signing up. We see whatever. We kind of go deeper into the lobby of the Ace Theater. We get some waters and we turn back around and it's starting to get a little more crowded now. And this is when I begin my dude watching phase. <laughs> I'm starting to see some boyfriends. Dudes. Some friends that have been drug along and, you know, you can see the looks on the guy's faces are like, I'm indulging this for whoever I'm with, but none of them seem to to truly be into the show. And I, I know that that's not exactly true. I'm sure there were some guys, myself included, who were there that are like fans of this. And Chad, you're forgetting there were maybe other podcast co-hosts who were together and enjoying this show. Yeah, that's you know? basically the dudes were boyfriends and podcast hosts. That yeah. was it. <laughs> And then, <laughs> but there was one dude specifically who will be a major player in this recap. <laughs> oh, I don't God. remember his name. I did talk to him at one point. My apologies for not remembering your name. He was, I would guess, in his mid-60s, dressed in very formal attire, yes. suit and tie. And he was uh -huh. he came walking in with two women in red dresses. One of them had a giant sparkly diamond necklace. One, we will come to find out, is his daughter. And one we will come to find out is his wife, Lynette. They will be very uh -huh. important characters <laughs> in the course of this recap. Oh, my God. And so as I'm dude watching, that guy sticks out to me the most because he's very out of place. And this is all very strange. But most of the dudes that I was watching seem to be on their <laughs> phones, seem to be not paying too much attention to what's going on and just kind of like following around the girlfriend wherever she was going. That said, I evolved from dude watching into just generic watching. And when I did the generic watching, it something like really fascinating kind of sparked in my mind. A, you could see these clusters of friends that are like 
I assume have watch parties and stuff who have been somehow bonded through the fandom of this show in a way that like, this is their con. This is their comic con. Basically it's a shittier version because there's almost nothing to do there. As I said, you have one shitty merch table, one shitty photo thing, and you can sign up Mm -hmm. to try and get on the show or not. And other than that, there's literally no other bachelor shit that is like celebrating the fandom in the lobby, which in my opinion, gigantic mistake. Is there a bar? Yeah, it's the Ace Hotel. But one thing that was interesting is in these little groups, like you could see the degrees of seriousness. Like you saw the people who were dressed up in full like uh, evening gown attire. And then you saw the other people who, you know, didn't know who somebody like Danny Padilla was or anything like that. And then you saw the really hardcore fans who like, you know, you could just tell that they watched every single season and they were there. So that was super interesting because it was like some of these could be potential players and some of them are just like cosplaying. It it was it was really cool to see all the clicks forming and see, again, the degrees of seriousness. And then uh, Anna and Abby were the first ones to come up to us and recognize us. They're students. I wrote down their names. Um, they were super sweet. They, uh, you know, obviously missed you, Pace Case. And they said, you know, mm. you guys got them through the pandemic and they immediately started talking game speech. It was amazing. They were just like, they were just like, what do you guys think already? Like, how are you feeling? Did you see the girls applying at the table? Like, what are they signing? And it was really uh, nice to meet Anna and Abby. They were the ones that kicked it off for us of uh, meeting yeah. pit dwellers. But the thing to me that was like, most stark, I suppose, before the doors actually open, before we were allowed to go into our seats and we're just meandering around this lobby is like gigantic missed opportunities everywhere. Like I want (laughs) to see a banner that, you know, you can tack up wherever the fuck you want. And it's just a picture of every, like a headshot of every bachelor and bachelorette in chronological order from season one to where we are now. This would cost almost nothing and it would add so much value or any kind of thing like that. That is an open admission that what this is, because I didn't know what Bachelor Live on stage was until we went last night. I now know exactly what it is. (laughs) It is the Comic-Con of Bachelor. It's like a celebration of the fandom. Whoever's in that room, whoever's in that lobby is on some degree of the spectrum of, I believe all of this is real and it is my my favorite show to where we are, which is like, we're just hopelessly trapped by the fandom of it. We love the game of it. We know it's all fake and it's everything in between, you know? But nonetheless, the thing that bonds all of us, no matter where you are on that spectrum, is that the show is important to you and the the place it occupies in American pop culture and maybe even in your identity to some degree if you're like going there to try and get on the show definitely it it is like bachelor lifestyle to some degree for for some people for us it obviously is I mean this is like all we do Um, this thing is a congregation of everyone who is like I do want to go to that I like this show enough that I'm going to go to this weird live event for whatever reasons may exist and the whoever's promoting the show producing it just doesn't understand that this is like in my opinion a clear money grab for Warner Brothers media essentially yeah. Warner Brothers live events and we'll get to that as well how this event is really an extension of the podcasts in a 
a very terrifying way. Oh my gosh, yes. Ooh. And also it's it's interesting because before I came to LA for Bachelor Live on stage, I actually ended up meeting this really cool jewelry maker. Um I'll have to shout her out on Instagram. I forget her name, so sorry. But we got to talking because I saw her booth at like a little like indie arts exhibit in Williamsburg on a random Sunday. We started talking and it turned out she was on um, uh, Stacy London and what's his name uh, when on the the whenever they would redo everybody's style and everything. Stacy London. She was basically on a reality show where they did a makeover of her. And so she had experience with um, TLC and stuff like that. And I started telling her about Gore and she was like, have you, is there like anything like a bachelor con or something like that? And I told her about bachelor live on stage and obviously I hadn't gone to it yet, but she was like already giving me ideas for something that we could put on because I'm sorry, but we could do a better job with like our eyes closed. It, yeah. That's how bad it was put together. Everything is very just chintzy. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Even yeah. the show itself has elements that you're like, what? It's, it's, it's terrible. And we'll get into all of those things. You know what they should add? What? Hmm. They should add a, a fake limo or at least part of a limo that you can like open the door and get out of. They and have like one. Film your limo exit. That's part oh. of the show on stage. But I totally agree with you. There are elements that they use on stage that they could have versions of in the lobby. Basically, mm -hmm. they gave you one opportunity to take a photo. And it's at this a shitty back, like just a little tarp with pictures of roses on it. That's it. They didn't even have like a thing where it would be like a picture of Clayton Eckerd. So you can stand next to it. With him the or, pizza slice. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, whatever. man. I would have took, taken so many pictures of that if they had that. Or with any of the top bachelors. Like... Or bachelorettes. Just like a cardboard standee of some of the big people. They didn't even do that. They just... They clearly don't understand the fandom of this. At GoreCon, Clayton will be there at a booth with many pizzas in front of him. And if you want, you will be able to go sit down with Clayton and do a pizza review with him. Okay? Like, it's going to be great. It's going to be way better than anything that Warner Brothers Media... Well, I mean, it's it's a difficult thing to put on a live show like this. I'm not, like, shitting on it in that way. I, I don't know that we could put on a Bachelor Con. I think there's a lot of work that goes into that. <laughs> but you can see from this, at least what I could see from this, is, like, what this should be and what it's not. And what it is right now, it's very, to me, reminiscent of what the producers do to the players. They, the people putting on this show don't actually give a fuck about the audience. The show is for them. It's for the people putting it on. It's for them to make money and get it over with and done as quickly as possible. Get them in, get them out. Bye-bye. This is not like an indulgent experience for the fan. And that to me is what it is supposed to be. That's what I thought it was going to be. At any rate, <laughs> let's move on. So... Sounds like you did indulge anyway. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. I mean, for me, even even the fact that it was like not well done, at least in the lobby, I'm still at this point, my mind is just racing. Oh. I've already taken like 500 pictures. I'm like, oh my God, look at that. There's Look at that player over there about to sign the fucking contract. I can't believe this. We were like standing <laughs> next to trying to eavesdrop on like what the producers were yeah, talking about. Yeah, we literally stood against the wall, just like the two of us seeing if we could hear anything. We couldn't, but we, we definitely gave it a, a good college try. <laughs> but then the curtains open and we get to go into our seats. Uh, 
And we sit in these seats for maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes before they start the show. And over the course of these 30 to 45 minutes, you come into the theater. (laughs) This theater, I believe, holds about 12 to 1500 people on the stage. There is a a big video screen. (laughs) And on the video screen, there are still images of, you know, there's one that says, listen to Bachelor Happy Hour, in quotes, the only official Bachelor Nation podcast is what it says on the screen. And we're like, well, there's two others, but there's that. There's a screen that pops up that says, if you take a selfie here tonight and hashtag Bachelor Live on stage, we might put it up on the screen. So Dark Seeker and I tried to do that, but then they never implemented this throughout any portion of the the night and even during the show they asked uh again they were like and if you have any questions remember to use the hashtag and we might answer them well they didn't like i don't know what that was about and then the audio that you will hear at the beginning of this episode is the video that they played approximately three thousand times um yeah there's a video introducing you to the men of the bachelor and it's all the different guys who are going to be bachelors at the Bachelor Live. So you got Andrew Spencer, you Ooh. got Tabletop, you got, uh, of course, Bon Saul, everybody who uh, Ivan, Ivan Rodney, yeah, all the different guys who were different bachelors. It's this weird video where they're all like broed out and like, hey, it's almost like a Chippendales kind of like male stripper <laughs> review. Bon Saul's taking off his shirt. He's throwing date cards at the camera. They, of course, have some dogs in it. The date card thing, we we took uh, screenshots really, really fast because the video I did post it on Gore a while ago when they first announced who the Bachelors were going to be for Bachelor Live on stage. And so what me and Chad did is we went to that video and when James throws what I thought was money at first, um, we took a bunch of screenshots so we could see it. And indeed, when I zoomed in, I saw, oh no, they were date cards. But it did look like he yeah. was throwing the money at the camera. The style in which he's doing it is like he's throwing money. Yeah. <laughs> they're holding dogs. They're dancing around. Sure, and it's, it's just this thing that is meant to like rile the crowd up a little bit. Like it's, you know, to get you in the mood. And so we're watching that video. <laughs> and then eventually the video stops. The lights in the theater dim. And Becca Kufrin emerges. Looking very good in her bachelorette look. She's got like a a sparkly dress on. Very bachelorette-esque. And she comes out and she just starts delivering the rote script that she has now delivered. I don't know how many of these there have been, but clearly she's done it a few times because she is a fucking robot. Nothing behind the eyes. Nothing. There is no emotion put into any of this performance. It is just like, hey, everybody, welcome to Badge Live. We're doing it. It wasn't even that good. You have like, like, even that was more expressive than anything that she said, seriously. And it was, it's like the universal tour guides who have been doing this for years. And of course, all the tourists come on and Oh, and over here we have War of the Worlds and Tom Cruise. And over here we have, you know, the Top Gun thing. And it was literally that there was. N- and she would say things like, this is a journey to find love. This is a like all these big things that should be like, this is a journey to find love, L.A. This is a journey to find love. L- like she did not care. She was dead. But she was hitting her marks and stuff like she has this down to a science. Yes. And so there's nothing interesting or new about it to her anymore. She reminded me very much of the memes I used to make of when someone gets announced as Bachelorette and then I will black their eyes out. <laughs> that is what she seemed to be like to me in real life. 
And so she's like, well, mm. now we're going to find out who's here for the right reasons. Okay, call the names. And so then she begins calling out names of women in the audience and they stand and scream like it's the fucking price is right. So everyone mm -hmm. in the audience now watches as these women are selected and they go off behind this curtain kind of off stage where they're going to get, you know, told whatever and, and grouped up and all this. As you're sitting in the audience, if you've wanted to try out, if you wanted to be one of these players, you now have to watch the other players get selected and you do not get selected. So even the experience of rejection, which some players have on night one in our beloved game, you can have that experience at Bachelor Live on stage. You can experience that strange part of the torture of the show if you want to. Do you have any idea how many people were like tried to do it versus they picked? I think there was about, like uh, Chad said when we first got there, those were the women who were applying and there was about 15 to 20 and then they got it down to around nine i believe i think they picked 10 in the beginning oh, 10 okay yeah. at the beginning yeah mm -hmm. they so 10 out of i would say 20 so half got rejected there was somebody sitting in our row a few seats away who did not get selected but right. was in a cocktail dress so it's like she at least had that experience you know and it's just Again, it's a strange part of this whole thing that even the kind of the torturous suffering that is visited upon players in the real game is a part of this. And again, that's kind of what I'm talking about. If you're part of the fandom, and I know that's like one specific thing you can try out. They can only pick 10. Fine. But still, it just seems to be like a lack of consideration given to the people who have paid whatever they paid to be there that night. And I know it's it's voluntary to try and get on stage and, and whatever, but still... It seems the way in which they do it is strange. They should just select these players and they get to go behind the curtain and that's how the show starts. Instead of having mm. this weird, like, it's almost a public shaming of the players yeah. who don't get selected, in my opinion. It, it, it was very uh, different. But like I said, I remember um, I looked at Chad whenever they were calling down the names. They'd be like, let's just use my name, for example. Becca would be like, Gray Sand Parks. Do we have a Gray Sand Parks in the audience? And then, you know, uh, the girl would run down ah, and then go backstage and she would be one of the potential uh, love interests for James Bonsall. And it was interesting because that same rejection that Clues is talking about, you saw it during the rose ceremonies that they did on stage whenever they would get cut. It was like, and exit stage right, get out of the way. Next, moving on. Like, it was so quick. It was so fast. It was like, ta 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 Wait, though, before... I think we've messed up the order of this because before this even happens, the show opens with an interpretive dance. Oh, my gosh. On a giant screen, uh, they're playing scenes from, like, the most recent seasons of The Bachelor. And Sidney Latuaco and a dancer that I don't know who has not been in His The Bachelor... His name is Blake. His name was Blake, but he's not a Bachelor player. They are doing a two-person interpretive dance while this video was playing on a big screen of clips for of like there was crying ones clayton and people were oh my booing God. at some of the players and when becca comes oh out after God. the interpretive dance i shit you not she was like well you know it's been a long time since i've done this but i have done this i don't know if you remember but i was on ari's season of the bachelor and people initially were just like woo 
like not a big roarous cheer or anything like that. But then she said, I shit you not. She goes, actually, this is the only appropriate time you can boo. And then everybody booed for Ari. Yeah, she solicited like a, oh my an angry response from the audience. <laughs> but it was like, you know, she came out and it seemed like, oh, this is so much fun. And if you may remember me, like on Ari season. And the thing I thought people were going to boo initially, they didn't. They're like, oh, yeah, Ari. No, you need to boo. Boo. This is the only good time that you could boo. And so then they introduced James Bonsall as The Bachelor and everybody cheers for him. And then they throw up on the screen uh, an image of the mansion, the driveway. And this is going to be limo exits now. And so there is the big screen. You see the mansion, Bonsall standing in front of it, Kufrin standing in front of it. And then off to the side, there is a little like quarter limo <laughs> thing that they pull out. It's like a facade of a limo door. And one by one, these players start to come out of this limo with uh, the the guy Blake, who was the dancer, is now the guy opening the door for them as they're stepping out of the limo. Oh, nice. And each one of these players has been given a little graphic treatment that flies up on the screen behind them. So they have their kind of like a headshot of them in a circle with a golden ring and some roses behind it. And I'm going to oh. take you now through our, our players. That's the same background, by the way, that everybody was taking pictures in front of that's in the front lobby. So that they use that same background for the contestants who were on stage. And yeah. So our first player is Sydney. She performs a standee. She says, your doghouse or mine. The And then she goes immediately after this to stand on risers that are on stage. They are immediately put in rose ceremony position. And so <laughs> then we have Lindsay, she has a standee about uh, going to San Diego. Raven says she took a train from San Diego to see him. Bells does a standee. If you were a transformer, you'd be fine. You'd be Optimus fine. And then Emily does a standee, something about Shark Tank. And then Kayla says, my dad's name is James. So maybe you can help me with my daddy issues. Gets in a <laughs> naughty standee, a little blue humor work. Kay then performs an Aloha, a standee in French. Kristen has a blandy. Okay. She was the only one that had a blandy. And Danny has a sidecar. She says, my dad is here. She has brought her dad. And she's going to be the person whose mom is also in this show. Because Lynette is the last <laughs> player, the 10th and final player. And she does a standy about age before beauty. And uh, the fimp then is given to Kay for her aloha. And so Kay then leaves the stage. But the audience initially is... Team Lynette all the way because Lynette was the last limo exit and it was like you were not expecting her to come out of the limo. And when me and Chad look over at where Lynette's husband is sitting, which just so happens to be in the exact same spot where we are, but just on the other side of like the orchestra, the husband is standing up cheering for his wife. Woo! Go, honey! Go, honey! And I'm just like, that's going to be Chad in like 30 years. <laughs> it did It did look like a future version of me, strangely. Then we get uh, Lindsay, Raven, Kay, and Sydney are put on this group date. Wait, I thought they were on risers. They were. Rose ceremony. No, they, they just kind of keep them on the risers. And they will do rose oh. ceremonies on the risers, but they just kind of keep the players there and like pull some and whatever. So they're about to do this group date. Before they do that, we get our first special guest of the night. This is Kendall Long. She comes out on stage 
and is mm. talking about like I have some big news. I may or may not be in love. And that's basically all we get. And then she's just there for the remainder of this show kind of she does some like little dances, I guess. But Rodney was the one. Uh, sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, Rodney comes in, but she did some like dances with Sydney and Blake, um, and helped some of the players get to their locations on stage, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, Kendall. Kendall. She and Sydney Latuaco kind of were like on stage helpers, almost like a Vanna White. If this was a, mm. a Wheel of Fortune. Then we go to our first group date, which is called the Newly Met Game. They throw up a logo on the screen, which actually is pretty good. Some of their their graphic design of the shit that they had on the screen was actually not too bad. And basically how this is going to work is, and this is the first part too, where you see the kind of chintzy uh, production value. They wheel out this chart that has all the players' names on it. And it's like a little grid. And basically this is going to be a race to see who can get the most, in quotes, roses. And on this grid, their names are affixed to the grid on just pieces of paper. They've just printed out their names and literally taped paper to this thing. It's not an LED. It's not computer programmed. It is like a high school art project. Yes. I mean, it just looks terrible. Absolutely abysmal. It looks like no money or thought was put into any of this. It was very reminiscent of all the dates on uh, the bubble seasons, honestly. Oh, that's <laughs> a good comparison. Yes, that is what it was. So, Absolutely. this group date, the newly met game, requires the players to arrange themselves on stage under different categories that are up on this big screen. So for example, the first question asked is, who is your favorite bachelor? And then they flash up on the screen, Pilot Pete, Matt James, Nick Vial, or Clayton Eckerd. And let me just say, these are the same bachelors that they do at all the bachelor uh, whenever they tour or whatever. Those are all the same ones. They never like switch it around and add in like an Andrew Firestone but everybody booed for Pilot Pete and everybody booed for Clayton Eckerd. And I thought from Becca, oh I thought God. I thought Becca said that the only appropriate time to boo was whenever she mentioned Ari's season. No, it was like, oh, my gosh, like it, it, people still haven't forgiven Pete. Like, oh, it was it was very. And I, she. She openly shit on Clayton Eckert at one point. Yes. Too. Once it gets to the fantasy suite, oh she's my like, gosh. hopefully you can do it a little better than the last guy did. <laughs> it's, yeah, that, that I was so blown away. This portion of the day, they all have to, these names again are on this big light up board on the, the screen. And each of the players has to go stand under the name of the person mm. who is their favorite bachelor. And then James Bonsall weighs in saying who his favorite bachelor was. I don't even remember who it was. Do you? He didn't. He didn't. I don't think he ever said that he had one. How did they determine who gets the rose then? He, I don't even know. That was. Oh, the, that, the, the favorite bachelor was a warm up question just so that you could see how the right. game worked. That's right. And then the next question is you, if you hit the lottery and won millions, what would you do? Give half to charity, share with family, put it all on red and roll the dice. Fast cars, mansions, and shoes, lots of shoes. Almost everybody said share with family, but one player, Emily, went with the mansions and the shoes and the fast cars. And he's like, I appreciate the honesty, but I got to go with family. And so the oh, family, God. everybody who was under the, the that answer got a rose further on the little chart. But Emily's not mm. gone yet. I just like she's still in the game. 
Yeah. But yeah, so that was yeah. And it's very clear at this moment also that like all of this is scripted. Even their limo exits are like producers wrote them for them because they were trying to like remember script. You could see people stumbling with it and stuff. Everything that's happening here is completely fake, which I assumed would be the case. I just didn't realize how overt it would be. But some of the players did like they were real, obviously, and they had told producers like I'm a NICU yeah. nurse. And so they the producers did try to make it as real as possible, but it didn't come across that way. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons. They've earned the skin safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my, um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about. But I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no rollback waistband you want that you don't want it to be rolling you don't want it to be showing and i'm hooked i don't want to wear anything else it's all got to go now well this ad actually is kind of about that pace case everybody knows me undies <laughs> makes great underwear it's in the name me undies but it's not just about underwear you can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers hoodies onesies and a whole bunch more and their move me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market there's no doubt about it right now you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Me undies, comfort from the outside in. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? 
and that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Right, but eventually we get through uh, another series of these things, and I forget who won that. Was it... uh, I don't know. Not that it even matters. Yeah, it was like two, I believe. There were two (laughs) girls. Yeah. And so then the next portion of this is James comes to the front of the stage and he answers just questions from the audience. And he would not answer mine. I literally was, I, I asked uh, clues and Danny, I was like, what should I ask? What should I ask? And uh, clues said, be like, you came in a box. Was that your idea or no? Whose idea was it? And finally towards the end, he picked the girl right behind me, but I started like asking my question and yelling it. But all the questions they asked him were so dumb. Like, it feels like that was also planned because there were no hard questions. I wanted to ask about the box and whose idea it really was. Right. Uh, there was, was this the time where it was Paradise? Did they do Paradise right yeah, after this? Yeah, for the uh, inner, for the, uh, yeah, the intermission. It was like, a we're going to go to, we're going to take a trip down to Paradise or something. And... Uh, then you could go get snacks and stuff. No, that was later. That comes later, actually. I'm looking back through my wait 2,200 <laughs> photos, and I'm like, that comes later. What happens next is a wardrobe change. Becca Kufrin comes out dressed as the main character from Greece, the Olivia Newton-John character, as does Sidney Lutwako. They dance around the stage in a choreographed number, and this introduces a thing called lip service which is going to be a lip sync competition. Rodney Matthews emerges and does a choreographed song and dance with Becca Kufrin, which is beyond bizarre. They're not singing, though. They're lip syncing to the Grease song and dancing around. Absolutely insane. This is like some of the background. There's a on the screen. There's just all these diamonds are (laughs) dropping as they're like dancing around and shit. It's God, it's grotesque in many ways. But it also did look kind of cool. And so then various players are asked to do these lip syncs. Here, I'm going to show you right now. This is a picture of Kay dropping down into the splits on stage. She was one of the ringers. Good for her. (laughs) Exactly. I was blown away by Kay, as was everyone else. And some of these songs are like Grease style. Some of them are milkshake, like bring my milkshake to the yard. That was very weird. Yeah. At one point, James Bonsall is sitting in a chair while Kay and another player are basically doing like a, almost a lap dance on him. And it becomes, the show becomes um, <laughs> lewd to some degree at this point. Becca Kufrin is making weird. Lewd. Yeah. Yes. Oh 
Becca Kufrin is making all kinds of sex jokes. She admits that she fucked Thomas for a rose in she Paradise. She talks about a long note that she wrote to him before a rose ceremony in Paradise, and she detailed all the things that she wanted to do to him. And she talks about it in this dead voice because she's rehearsed this line at every city. And it was just like, everybody was like, ooh, yeah, baby, woo, woo. But she was just like, and uh, I, yeah, she basically insinuated that uh, she fucked him for a rose. Wait, Koof used the boom boom room? Yes. She basically says that she had sex with Thomas in order to get a rose on Paradise. And then she even goes on to say, I snuck out of my room to meet up with him and things got a little hot and heavy. And let me tell you, I got the rose the next day. I was smarter than Ivan, she says. I snuck out of he snuck out of his room, but I was smarter. I didn't get caught. She said or that. you're a fucking protected player and nothing bad will ever happen to you. This there's this shitting on other players who aren't there that happens throughout the entire show. And it's also upholding the company line of the company podcast that Becca Kufrin is immune to this shit. That to me was kind of like the, uh, it was the most sinister thing I took away from this. That if you listen to clickbait, if you listen to happy hour and now even walking out after <laughs> the last shit they just fucking said, I can't believe. But if you listen to these podcasts, this show is going to promote all of the same things they promote that Becca Kufrin is anointed even though she clearly doesn't want to be doing this. I mean, clearly mm -hmm. does yes. not want to be on that fucking stage. But it's like, this is her life now. They own her. She's going to do the podcast. She's going to do this Bachelor Live on stage. She's probably making a decent amount of money at it. I don't know. But definitely doesn't want to be doing this anymore. I will say, though, at that part where um, she's like, I did it better than somebody, else. you know, Ivan. I didn't get caught or whatever. I was smarter the people behind us were in the pit and we had met them um, whenever we sat in our seats at first. And when that part came on, they literally both came up to me in clues and they said, it's because she's a protected player. And that felt, I felt hope in my heart at that moment because <laughs> everybody else was, you know, mixed reaction, booing, you know, just eating up whatever Becca said. But to have the pit right behind us being like, it's because you're a protected player. It's not because you're smarter. Like, amazing. Uh, so then they do the, uh, after this, they have a rose ceremony. They eliminate two players. And then they say, well, we're going to go to paradise now where James is going to get 20 minutes to talk to these players alone and they go off stage and then the show basically pauses. And so everybody goes back out, you pee, you get your drinks, you do whatever. Okay, we don't see them talk to them? No. No, which sucked. So stupid. Absolutely stupid. You never see any genuine interaction between any of them. I remember you and I, when we met Nick Vial, we went to that show at UCB that was uh, okay, stupid. The okay, stupid show. Yeah, Eli's show. That was like live. Like you watched people on real fucking dates in a theater. Oh, really? That mm -hmm. shit was fascinating. Bachelor Live on stage would do well to to redo that. I went over and over. It was so good. I loved it. When that you took me like that so first time, fun. I was like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, oh God, you could do this. You could do this. I, there were like so many permutations of it spinning out of my fucking head after just seeing it once. Why wouldn't they do that? Yeah, he would like also coach them through <gasps> the dates and also uh, give them shots the whole time. They were constantly drinking, so everyone was pretty yeah. shit-faced. It was 
great. Does he still do that show? I want to go. No, UCB closed. Oh, dang. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it was a great show. After intermission, uh, we all come back and it's now night in paradise. The screen, which was daytime paradise in the back, now has shifted to night. And before we move on with the game, they bring out two more celebrity guests. No, no, no. You forgot the other interpretive dance whenever it turned oh, right. to Sorry. night. <laughs> There's another interpretive dance. <laughs> How dare yeah. you forget the other interpretive <laughs> dance? So Sydney and Blake come back out and it's the... Because darling, uh, the Ed Sheeran song. And they're doing all their moves. And I'm just like looking at this like, why? What? what is- it makes no sense. It's like, again, the time. but it's just so random. And like the way it just seems thrown together, like that a yeah. lot of these things are afterthoughts. It's like, OK, yeah, we'll have them dance and that'll come back into open thing. Whoever's producing this is um, honestly, it would have been better. I don't know. Like, I'm genuinely saying this. If they actually had a song like Right Reasons from Desiree Season or Rachel, Rachel, Recchia. I'm serious. It would have been better than this random Ed Sheeran song. <laughs> yeah. At least do an interpretive dance to Rachel, Rachel, well, Recchia. It's just whatever they can license. But then <laughs> Becca Kufrin says, now we've got two special guests and they bring out Jen Parisi and Kate Gallivan. From the Oppenheim group. These are players, of course, in the most recent season, mm-hmm. 26. And they come out and say nothing you know, they hint at paradise and blah, blah, blah. Oh, wait, I do have to mention during intermission, two pit, pit dwellers came up to us. They were named Quincy and John. And then we have the next group date, which is the naughty or nice group date. So Becca Kufrin says, let's go to class. And this thing comes up on the screen that is like a chalkboard that says naughty or nice. And there's little sayings all up and down the chalkboard that say, uh, I I won't misbehave. I will not misbehave. I won't blah, blah, blah. Right. And so it's this vague classroom thing. And they start playing Van Halen's Hot for Teacher from 1984. Very contemporary reference. And they have Sidney Latuaco is in like a little schoolgirl outfit marching around the stage. And this has nothing to do with the group date. Uh, sounds like Sydney's really doing a lot of work on this production. It's Good unreal the, what they put her through. But essentially, everybody then has to go down a line and they say a story about if they're naughty or nice. And some people say naughty. Some people say nice. Of course, it gets down to Lynette, the woman in her mid-60s. And she says, I'm nice but I've had a naughty life or something like this. And she talks about making out with Steven Tyler as they're playing an Aerosmith song on the stage. And I'm like, I don't know how much of any of this is real. And also Jamie Foxx basically like uh, touched her thigh at a diner or something. It was Jamie Foxx as well. Yeah, that was it, her naughty story. Oh, fuck. And I should mention during the intermission, I talked to her husband, the guy in the fucking suit, the dude I was dude watching earlier. And he was going around trying to get all of the people in the audience to cheer for his. He's like, that's my wife. We came out here. I want everybody to cheer so loud for her. I want her to win tonight. He was like getting the audience to be on her side, basically. Oh, my God. (laughs) So fucking weird. that. Work in the crowd. So then after they do this, they do another thing called movie night where it's this big spinning wheel on the screen and it spins around all these different rom-coms and then each one of the players has to come up and reenact a scene from one of these movies with James Bonsall and they have cue cards ready to go. So obviously this is all pre-scripted. 
when they get to Lynette, I, where do we even begin? So they really fuck with the players in this one. This was Emily. She gets a scene from the notebook where they're out on a boat in the middle of a fucking river. And uh, the other dancer guy, Blake, comes out and starts spraying her in the face with a fucking squirt gun, drenching her face, fucking up her hair. And this is just a part of it. The next one is Titanic, which Kay gets. You get the fool edit. You get the spray in the face. This is definitely a fool edit. You get, um, for Kay, she got Titanic, so she has to get up in the Titanic pose. James Bonsall is behind her, and Becca Kufrin is spraying her in the face with water while Blake is shooting her in the face with a fucking, uh, like, leaf blower. Her hair is fucking going everywhere, all over her oh face, completely fucking it up, and she just has to sit there and take it. And then, of course, we get to Lynette, the woman in her mid-60s. That was in the contract. Do you consent to be sprayed in the face? Yeah, I mean, it is that we could do anything we want to, I'm sure. And then Lynette gets up and has to do a reenactment of the When Harry Met Sally scene where she has an orgasm. Her husband and daughter are in the audience 10 feet away watching this shit fucking happen. Absolutely surreal. The daughter is covering her eyes. The daughter is like <laughs> so embarrassed and the dad is cheering her on. And then we have hometowns, which are like pretty boring. That's kind of when they actually have some form of a real conversation. And then they have fantasy suites, which are sweets, literal sweets. They give them chocolates <laughs> and that's kind of it. But during the fantasy suites, Big Body shows up, Big Body Trash Can, and he emerges onto stage with their dogs. Pino and Ramen. <gasps> no, the, Pino. That's, sorry, oh that's my gosh. Bristow's No, it's song. Minnow. <laughs> Minnow. <sighs> sorry, my apologies to the whole Bristow family. <laughs> Pino and Ramen are too expensive for Bachelor Live to get. Exactly. Those are well-trained, gorgeous, gorgeous pups. Caitlin Bristow ain't stepping foot near this shit. This is like so far beneath her. I get now why Nick Vial wasn't there as well. This is like, even you can see in mm, Becca Cooper's face, it's like, I shouldn't be here. But they've, you know, they've got her. I don't know how long she's contracted to do this, but Big Body comes out and they're talking. You can see there's, I'm showing Lizzie a shot of Big Body and the dogs. Minnow oh, is wow. so cute. I even yelled out Minnow's name and she looked straight at me and, and her ears perked up. Very cute. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. But Big Body comes out and, you know, they kiss and, oh, you guys might, this is Big Body. Big body trash can. I met him on <laughs> sand. She doesn't say any of that, but she's like, this is Thomas. <laughs> she said every word of that. Yeah, <laughs> this is big body. Met him on sand. <laughs> Y'all like big body? Here are our creatures. <laughs> he comes out and they kiss. And we get, for the whole night, the only one moment of what I believe is genuine interaction. Thomas starts talking about like, oh, <laughs> you know, we're uh, we're trying to get pregnant. And she looks at him and goes, shut the fuck up. Don't talk about that here. And it, that was the most genuine moment that we had seen from yeah. Kufrin the entire time. Wait, what? And yeah. and literally Becca says to the audience, like something like, you didn't hear that or some something around the line. She goes, I better not see a write up about this tomorrow. And like, she's just, she like is tugging at Thomas and it, it was very bizarre. It was that, oh it was like this weird moment where it was just, Big body, what you doing? <laughs> it was so formally crystallized that like this Bachelor Live on stage, Bachelor Happy Hour clickbait, talking it out, 
that it's all lies, that nothing they ever say is true. And even in this one moment where he's like, oh, well, you know, we've been trying to have a kid. Yeah, he's it's like, shut genuine. up. She yeah. literally said, shut the fuck up to him yes. on stage in front of this whole in, audience. Like the mic was a little down, so she wasn't like, but she said, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And that for me was worth the price of admission <laughs> just to see that like even that. And like, why does she care? Why does it have to be kept secret? I think because they can sell that to us weekly. Oh, they can sell yeah. that to people or whatever. But if the story gets scooped. Totally. They want that to yeah. be an exclusive happy hour episode. Well, yep. it ain't. Because we're talking about it now, and I'm sure. I mean, Zach Reality was there too. We saw him. We and I'm sure there were other, you know, people there to cover this. Everybody's going to be talking about that shit. Yeah. I bet Zachary Reality has a fucking TikTok of it right now. It's a game of roses exclusive now, baby. <laughs> That's right. They should have known. Don't come. Don't come for the icons. We're taking notes. We're taking thousands of pictures. <laughs> <laughs> We're bachelor lifestyle, baby. Nothing gets past us. <laughs> Sincerely, I was. But then it, it comes down to the final two. Lynette, the 65-year-old woman, ends up winning the whole thing. Her husband's they cheering. They give her a, a gift oh, bag. Oh, good for her. It was a gold um, gift bag with the bachelor logo taped on it. Okay, they couldn't even invest in a nice <laughs> gift bag. And I'm guessing it was like a bunch of Kendra Scott jewelry, which, by yeah. the way, throughout the show, at the beginning, uh, when Becca first came on stage, she said, everybody look under your seats. And two people with yellow roses, which that's the Kendra Scott logo color. So they were like, you two received a free piece of Kendra Scott jewelry. And then that was kind of sprinkled throughout the show. Like you get a free Kendra Scott yeah. necklace. You Every get a person that got kicked off got one. Yes. And, and uh, Kay, the oh, runner up yes. got a piece of, she didn't get it in a nice gold bag with the bachelor taped onto it. She just got it in a Kendra Scott box as a consolation prize as the runner up. Did anyone kiss Bonzo? No. I thought it was going to happen during the notebook one, but that no. was fake though. I know D yeah. the one where they had to reenact the movie scenes was like the most heavily scripted. This was another piece of like poor production value. I looked at the cue cards as they were bringing them up and the ones that they had for the player obviously had James's name in them. Cause sometimes they'd have to be like, James, what are we doing out here in this boat or whatever, where his name was, was literally a piece of construction paper with his name on it taped onto the thing so that they can just switch out the name of the bachelor for every they use like the same cue cards they don't even have the effort or the uh the knowledge the desire to just write a new cue card in every city they just put a piece of fucking mm. construction paper on it it's just so fucking like miserably done nonetheless they congratulations spent all their budget on scotch tape they gotta utilize it as much as possible <laughs> yeah exactly they... they're like we still got all this scotch tape from the bubble seasons get rid of it <laughs> Congratulations to Lynette. She won. Congratulations to her husband, the dude that I watched the most on the night. I hope Lynette's in the pit. Me too. Up our numbers. Ring winners. I mean, that's something that Dark Seeker and I were talking about the whole night. Like how many of the players there or how many of the people there, sorry, were like fully on board? Like this is all real. And how many were more like us? And I don't know what the the actual ratio was. I mean, there was a woman sitting in front of us who said she'd never seen this The Bachelor before and that she just got like a free ticket from work and was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, you know? she was... Oh my God. She was like, she was just, you know, going. She got a free ticket from work and it was so funny. Like during the show, she would turn around sometimes and just be like, 
what is this? Like, she just was like, I don't know where I am. I don't know why I took this free ticket, but here I am and I'm experiencing it. It was uh, interesting. And then at the end, as we're walking out, we met some more pit dwellers. We met uh, Amelia Rose, who made that final Rose tarot deck. Do you remember that? Oh, nice. Yeah, Yeah, she was there. Very cool to meet her. And we ran into a few other people as we were heading out as well that were like fans of the show and stuff. And it was it was really awesome, honestly, to meet everybody who came out um, and said hi. And we got to give them the people who we met who came up to us. I gave everybody this our new logo, a sticker. They are the first people to see our logo and the first people to have the official gore sticker. And um, <laughs> yeah. that was really cool. And the the last pit dwellers we met, she was telling us, you know, uh, and it was so cute because her boyfriend was just kept saying, she's such a big fan of you guys. She's such a big fan. This means so much to her. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said she had a whole pit group chat. And um, I said, do they want stickers? And she was like, oh, my gosh, of course. And so she's going to mail those stickers to her friends uh, on the East Coast. Aww. It was really sweet. So the logo is starting to be disseminated out yeah. into the world. And and we'll have some some new stuff with those logos on it coming very soon. But Did Danny Padilla? enjoy the show loved it i think and danny by the way this was my first time meeting danny one of the first things that he said was you know obviously hi and stuff like that but um i was like it's so great that you know you could be here all this kind of stuff and he goes oh well i'm a slut for gore and i was like <laughs> whoa <laughs> and I'm he a just slut for gore <laughs> yeah but he and he did it like every time he would be like i'm a gore slut he would change his voice into that thing so we were talking to a bunch of like pit members and like he would be talking normally like yeah i'm danny i listen to your heart and of course i'm a gore slut and i'm just like damn Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yeah, he was I very funny, that. and we can't thank you enough, Danny, for coming out and hanging out with us too. It's so and, and nice, see this yeah. Thing. Yeah, it was, and I don't mean to shit on it. Like the production value was very low. Becca Kufrin's performance <laughs> was like just a dead-eyed fucking robot. I don't mean to shit on it, but let me just shit on it. Yeah, she sounds like a prisoner. It felt like a prisoner, but also like a, there's a little bit of a I'm better than this attitude as well. Mm. But you even said something that I found really interesting that you said while we were watching her do this deadpan, you know, hosting thing is I go to Clues. I said, man, she must be getting paid a bunch. And you go, or maybe she isn't getting paid enough, like genuinely. And I was like, that could totally be a possibility. That's kind of what it seemed like mm. to me. Because if yeah. there was enough money coming through that, she wouldn't be up there on stage just like going through the the steps, you know, like getting through it as quickly as possible. If she was really getting paid, she'd be happy as fuck That's up there on that I, stage. Yeah, I really do think it might be the case, honestly. Because at first I was like, oh, she's getting paid a bunch to do this. But no, with her attitude, I feel like it's definitely not enough. I bet she's getting like a couple grand a show. I would love to know the number. I know. Hopefully, Tardic, if you're listening, you can get her on your <gasps> show to talk about the the finances oh. of being the host of Bachelor Live on stage. But you know who would maybe talk <laughs> about it is Ben Higgins, who was on, who obviously doesn't do it anymore because he's married life. Yeah. But he was on the first uh, iteration of Bachelor Live on stage. He might have some insight into that. And you know, yeah. he was on She's All Batch and all yeah, that maybe kind he of would stuff. talk about it. Yeah, but again. I'm not trying to shit on it. Those are the my honest interpretations of these elements of it. But overall, this is an event. If you are listening to this podcast, this is an event you would love. It is an anthropological study of the fourth audience <laughs> in a way that you cannot get anywhere else. I mean, this really is the closest thing to a bachelor convention that exists. And yeah. I can see the future of this if they do it right, which I have no faith that they will. I think it'll probably largely be as shitty as it is now forever because it's like they make whatever they make on this. I'm sure it's profitable for them or they wouldn't keep doing it. So it's like, yeah, good enough. We're making X amount of dollars. Let's just keep, let's run this into the ground. But it could be so much more. And the thing that really to me was the most impressive about it is that even in Los Angeles, which is a town that is, you know, pretty cynical, especially about entertainment, there were enough people to fill this theater up, probably two thirds, maybe a little more with people who really love this show in one way or another, mm -hmm. either legitimately, sincerely, or ironically, or, or anything in between. And it was just cool to be in a room full of people who like all shared a, not only the same interest, but the same level of interest in that interest. Mm -hmm. I, I absolutely loved it. And I loved getting to see just like how happy people were to like be like, oh, fuck, there's James Bonsall, you know? Yeah. No one gives a fuck about James Bonsall. But in that night, he was the king of this fucking whole thing. 
And people yeah. fucking loved it. It was great. And they were yelling, take your shirt off. Let's see that new tattoo. Oh, you know, my he God. Got that long <laughs> leg tattoo. Oh, and two things I, I also. Uh, Did he? Uh, no, he didn't uh, take his shirt off or show his tattoo. Very disappointed, James. Good for him. You know, you get the raise, Bombsall, then you take it off. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> two things I wanted that we forgot about. So during the hometown dates or no, this was the naughty or nice and they could pick a naughty or nice store. And, you know, Lynette talked about her thing, which we talked about earlier, but Bells did something so impressive and she talked about it. So she recently went to uh, a DaBaby concert and what she did was the seats that were closest to the stage that were like the really, really good seats were thousands of dollars at this point. And she's somebody who goes to a ton of concerts and she doesn't have that kind of money. So what she did, this is so brilliant. She photoshopped, she got nosebleed tickets to this concert and photoshopped it so well uh, to get front row seats to the baby concert. And it worked. That's how good of like wow. photoshopping skills she had. I thought that was so impressive and just so interesting. And that was like her naughty story or whatever. Yeah, she's a criminal. That's her naughty story. <laughs> I love that. We got to get her in our marketing department. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then there is, uh, we forgot to talk about the Clayton shaming during Fantasy Suites, because uh, Becca had a dig in there about, you know, now James is going to Fantasy Suites, and James, let me give you a little advice. Our most recent person who did this, there was a little controversy, and people start booing, oh, yeah. Clayton, boo. And I, me and Danny and, and Chad, I think we all, we, we clapped. That was like the first time I was like, I got to help Clayton. I, I feel for him. So I was I've like, I got to help Clayton. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, he's not even there. I'm like, I Aww. literally, I was like, I was like ultimate Viking. Everyone's like, boo. And, um, uh, Becca basically was just like, take it from me. Like, basically, I did it the right way. I fucked the right way. Take it from me. And don't do it like the last guy, basically. And it was just like, again, like Chad said, all these random throughout the show digs at players that, you know, aren't protected players. And it was like very bizarre. But yeah, Bells and Clayton shaming were the two things I just wanted to get in there at the end. It was also too long. You know, the thing yeah. didn't end until like 10, 15 ish and it started at eight. It was the, 90 minutes long. In it, my opinion, the the correct way to do this is the convention aspect of it. What was their lobby is what the main attraction should be. You should have a much bigger thing where people can mill around and look at different bachelor shit. This is where you have like a bachelor museum type thing, artifacts from the different seasons. And yeah, totally. They could easily bring a couple artifacts in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, shit, letting you take a picture with like the champagne bottle from Champagne Gate or take a picture with like one of the fucking defunct engagement rings, whatever. None of that was present, but I think that's how you do it. You beef up that part of the thing where you can take pictures with all this shit from The Bachelor and like walk around and look at the history of it and whatever. And then the show, the actual Bachelor live on stage thing is only an hour. I think you boil that down to an hour. That becomes kind of like the secondary thing you do, but that you don't even necessarily have to do that. Maybe that's even another, an elevated ticket price, but like the ticket to get into the convention is what I think really that's what this should have been. And it wasn't. The convention element of it is like, it's not even there. It's not even, I was going to say it's an afterthought. It's not even a thought. 
You're saying you'd cut 50% of the interpretive dance? I'd cut 100% of the interpretive dance. 100% of the interpretive (laughs) dance. It moved me to tears. What are you talking about? But the other thing that could have been really interesting is this show does go all over the US. And as we know, over the however many 20 years that this franchise has been on air, there are players from all the different parts of the United States and Canada and all of this. And just imagine, like, I don't know if you remember with Taylor Swift on her 1989 tour, she brought out a new musical guest. And usually like, when oh, she yes, did her- I remember. Yes. Lena Dunham came out when I was there. No way. Really? So uh, wow. with um, Lena and did she have the rest of her squad, too? There were some other people. I don't know. Whoa. Yeah. So at the St. Louis show, she brought out Nelly or 50 Cent. I wasn't. I heard it from the recounting of it from a friend, but they could even like cater it to be like something new in every city that incorporates the city even more. Like, I, I mean, I'm trying to think like of what they could do, but it would just be putting something in there that would be from the document for each of these shows and then people will be like, ooh, but I want to go to the New York show because what if Charlie O'Connell's there or what if, you know, just all of these different things. I feel like they could have catered it better and made it a more unique experience by doing something that like Taylor did. She brought out people from that city and either had them perform or just walk, you know, uh, on stage. There's also an element to the game that is like, you you know the whole thing is scripted. And like, like I said, Lynette won this one because she was kind of the most interesting, funny character, I think. And her husband was in the audience and all that shit. But there's no inkling that this is real in any way so like at least mm-hmm. on the, in the show in the actual document you're some people are tricked into thinking that love is is the primary reason for this the bachelor live on stage that's not an element of it at all it's just like a jokey performance the whole time and i think it might be better served to not do that to actually have it be like a feeder league like a minor league basically for the show and that like all these players like the 10 people they put up there are like they could be on the show and maybe even make it like yeah. whoever wins gets to go into the show. Whoever wins gets a meeting with the producers. That would be cool. Or yeah, meeting with the producers, something like that. And so then it really boils down to like, let's see what you fucking got. That would be interesting at least. That That's like worth the price of admission, I think. I feel like Kay and Emily though, I feel like we possibly could see them in future seasons of The Bachelor. Oh, I think so too. I think one of them at the very least, if not Absolutely. both will make it. Absolutely, yeah. But overall... A fascinating fucking experience. I'm very sorry you could not be with us, Pace Case. Next year, you will be for sure. Me too. It sounds great. It's unreal. I I hope that it keeps getting bigger. And I hope if any producers of The Bachelor Live on stage are listening, take some of this advice. You need a heavier convention element because this is a celebration for the fans. The show itself is like, it's okay. But you could tell by the end of it, it's like petering out. Peter, People are fucking bored. They don't have it structured right. The hometowns and the fantasy suites, are they're nothing. I mean, they, they just have to do it because it's like the rope protocol, mm-hmm. the structure of the show. But it has no place in the live on stage. You could really, I think, restructure the stage game of it to make it far more interesting. But even beyond that, you have to have... And I don't know if it's going to require more money for Becca Kufrin or a different host or what. You have to have somebody who's enthused to be there <laughs> because the energy of all of it is just gone. When she first came out, I was like, oh, wow, she really knows her shit. Like, this is very polished. They need Clayton to come out and, like, get the audience pepped up. He just needs to come out and do, like, a let's go, repeat after me, let's 
go, let's go. They need that. That'll really pep them up. Or again, just somebody who's paid correctly, I think, to be enthusiastic. Yeah, or that. Like, that's all it would require. Because that kind of like, in my opinion, the the very just nonchalant, like, yep, got to keep the trains on time here. Come on. And we're going to the next thing. It really is like, like uh, Grace had said, it's like a tour guide who's been doing it for yeah. too long and just doesn't give a fuck. She's probably exhausted. Oh, absolutely. I think so. Because some of the tour dates I saw were just like it. The professional musicians have breaks in their tour, but some mm. of their tour dates were just like, bam, 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 no breaks. But even some of the stuff, like if you go on The Bachelor Live on stage Instagram and you look, they take a selfie at a certain point with, in quotes, the crowd, the audience. And they do it at the exact same point in the in every show. It's always yeah. right after the first costume change into the grease outfits. So if you look on their Instagram, it's just a grid of the exact same picture of Becca Kufrin, like smiling, taking the selfie with a different yeah. theater behind her. But it's the exact same picture like 20 times in a row. It's so bad. And none of the audience is shown. It's only yeah. the people who are on stage with her. It's just like even that component of it is just so poorly thought out. Mm. This... I believe this show could be a million times better with just a little bit of effort. And what it really needs to turn into is bachelor con that needs to happen with this. You can see the inklings of it. This to me felt very much like when we go back through the hyper binge and we looked at like those seasons where they'd have the little mixers where they'd get oh, players together in like bars mm -hmm. and shit. And that was the seed of what became paradise. I feel like this is the seed of what becomes bachelor con. I'm so sorry that I couldn't make it with you. I'm glad we had our little gore slut there to, to represent <laughs> myself, Danny Padilla. I think you mean gore slut. I mean, the pictures that you're showing me through the Zoom look awesome. I'm excited to see uh, content from it. Uh, from your 3,200 pictures or whatever, Chad. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you like you felt that inspiration again. You know, the muse is back. Me too. Me and Danny literally, like, we were enjoying the show, but the thing that me and Danny got the most excited about was watching how excited Chad was. That was, like, precious to us. Like I said before we started <laughs> recording, was, like, it's like when you take your new child who's never been to the beach before to the beach, and they're like, what is this? And you are seeing it now through fresh eyes. And that's what me and Danny felt like. We're like, we were just happy to see how happy it made Chad and how reinvigorated <laughs> it made Chad again. It was like so sweet. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make any memes of any of this stuff because it's all from one angle from the thing. But it, I just had that feeling of like, what I'm witnessing, I need to capture every second of it. And I'm sure a lot of this will just be for my own pleasure <laughs> to go back and look at these pictures and try to remember these strange moments. But overall, it's an experience that I cannot recommend highly enough if you are a fan of this show. And if you're you're listening to Gore, it means you are a fan of The Bachelor. And I don't know if there's any tour dates left. I don't know where they are. In Actually, tour. yes. I, I mistakenly said that this was the end and I just found out it's not. I believe uh, on the 30th, they're going to Las Vegas. So it's definitely Ooh. not over. Um, and another thing is I will definitely be posting some of my own pictures and some of Clues' pictures whenever we post this episode. But if you want a little uh, behind the scenes vlog action, uh, I'm going to be putting together basically the whole journey of me and Clues and then Danny later on into a little vlog on Patreon that I think you guys are really going to enjoy. I took a lot, while Clues took a lot of pictures, 
I took a lot of videos. I think I took at least mm, 60 different videos. Oh my God. Uh, so definitely a lot of video. It, you know, as we were arriving, as we walked in, you hear Clues' commentary and he's like, you see the, like you hear him for the first time as he walks into the, the lobby and he's like, holy shit. <laughs> and it's, it's, uh, you will not want to miss that. So if you're not a patron yet, I would, I would sign up for that vlog. It is coming very soon. I'm excited for this three hour vlog. <laughs> yeah. But thank you, Dark Seeker, for coming thank with me you. last night. And thank you, Pace Case, for coming on this journey from the very beginning. I do feel like last night was some kind of weird culmination. It was a, a leveling up. It was like a significant event in my journey as a fan of this sport. A core memory. <laughs> well, I feel like I was there from your description, so I appreciate the, the in-depth reporting. That was our goal. Yeah, that was our goal. As soon as I walked in, I was like, we have to tomorrow when we do this recap, we have to make Pace Case feel like she was here. Yeah, we need to immerse her in the experience. And Pace Case, do you feel immersed? I feel very immersed. Uh-huh. I think it's the, it's nice. feeling me already. The immersion. Oh, Great. I will say the one thing about the immersion that we did not mention is the fourth audience itself. The crowd at this place was fucking nuts. They were screaming, yelling at the top of their lungs. Take your shirt off. That. It was like an angry mob. I've been to like UFCs before. Certainly I've been to football games, baseball games. I would say no crowd of a live sporting event has been as uh, energized as this crowd was. Oh my God. Yeah. They were excited. Yeah, they were. And it, again, it, picture that excitement. And now picture it whenever they're randomly taking jabs at players who aren't there on stage. It was that same level of excitement, but then it turned into like booing with that same energy. It was like, oh my gosh, like everybody's yeah. back. Like it was very up and down, up and down. It was uh, very much like 1984, the two minute hate. <laughs> yes. It's like your enemy is Clayton Eckerd. Scream at him. Fuck him. Boo, boo. Ah. <laughs> Anyways. That is our recap of Bachelor Live on Stage. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Thanks again to Grace and Parks, the Dark Seeker for Thank facilitating for all this. Me. Thank you to Pace Case. Thank you to everybody we met last night. And of course, yes. thanks to Bonsall. And congratulations to Lynette, <laughs> the winner of last night's final yes. rose. I don't know how she's spending her weekend, but I'm sure it's going to be a good one for her and her husband. <laughs> <laughs> Lynette and her husband are definitely couple goals. Like they just are having fun. They're living their life. Like I, they were so cute. Bachelor lifestyle fans, but <laughs> we will be coming back on Friday with another Twibbon for you. So please join us for that. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,343 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to.
to listen to us and then 